Ladies and gentlemen, in the red corner, hailing from the state of Nevada, representing the steam and wise guys, it's the always feared Vegas Odds Maker! And in the blue corner, the crowd favorite from South Florida, Mark Winning Picks Lawrence! Welcome back, everybody. Once again, this is Mark Lawrence along with Victor King, and we're going against the spread on this NFL week number five as we're past the quarter pole in the National Football League. College football, who knows what week it is in college football, but nonetheless, we're going to recap and talk about the card upcoming, college football and the NFL. And with that, I want to welcome our co-host Victor King from King Creole Sports. And Victor, before I welcome you into the show, Kudos, congratulations on a great job last week in the totals tip sheet. Hey, right back at you. Last week was newsletter Nirvana. Playbook newsletter swept both five-star best bets. Overall, best bets went four and one. Uh, like you mentioned, our first four and zero sweep in the totals tip sheet last week. Seven and one in the last two issues. So we're raring for to go. We got a good handle. And as I've talked about, October has historically been our best month in the uh, Total Stip Sheet newsletter. So we're looking forward to another good weekend. Yeah, I, I know I am, and I know all the Total Stip Sheet subscribers are as well, especially with October now here. Anybody that has not yet subscribed to the Total Stip Sheet, I strongly advise you get on board. All you need to do is log on at playbook.com. And you can pick up the Total Stip Sheet now through the end of the season for a $79 special price. That's at Playbook. Com. And with that, Victor, it's COVID crazy in the world of football this year. We knew it was coming. It's coming. And depending upon how teams are adapting. But I do know this in college football, it's been really good for the dogs here of late, and especially in conference games. Cooking. Absolutely. Dogs are cooking in college football. Last week, underdogs 23 and 8 against the spread. That's 74%. In college football, that uh, the breakdown was ten and two for home dogs, thirteen and six for road dogs. We're now up to sixty-six and forty-two against the spread for the season for college underdogs. Your best situations, conference dogs, even better this year now at thirty-eight and eighteen. That's sixty-eight percent, including seventeen and five. There you go across the board, college. Conference home underdogs, 17 and 5 ATS on the season. That is 77%. There are 10 such college home conference underdogs going this week. We will uh, let our listeners determine what those are, but that's been an absolutely fantastic, profitable situation for conference home underdogs. And you know, Mark, this is normally that week where we spend a full segment on the Red River rivalry. Still tough to get out. Uh, but we're about not going to 90% of that, yes. <laughs> <laughs> we're not going to talk about it this week. Oklahoma has two losses. They're not even in the top 25. Texas off a devastating loss to TCU. And I got to tell you something here. You know it's a messed up year in college football when Texas, Oklahoma is maybe the, I don't know, fourth most relevant noon kickoff game on the second Saturday of October. Uh, yet here we are. If you ask me, the three games that are probably even more relevant would be something like 
Florida at Texas A&M at, at noon Eastern time. And we know what Florida has done this year. They're doing it the old-fashioned way, dialing back to the uh, Steve Spurrier fun and gun days by chucking the ball all over the yard. I would also submit to you that Virginia Tech North Carolina is a more relevant noon game. Both teams ranked in the top 25. And some may disagree, Mark, but I also think even in the Sun Belt Conference, the Coastal Carolina Rage and Cajun game from uh, UL Lafayette is more relevant than the Red River shootout as well because the Chanticleers and the Raging Cajuns are both undefeated, and they both have victories over Big 12 opponents this year. So it's kind of tough. We're not going to talk Oklahoma, Texas, but there's even some bigger games going at noon, like I say, uh, this uh, particular Saturday. Uh, yeah, Victor, and uh, you didn't even hit on the Miami-Florida-Clemson football game. Right. You know, which would also be uh, ranked above that big Texas-Oklahoma-Red River rivalry matchup as well. So, uh, And that's all on a slimmed-down college football card, so that just shows you how far Texas and Oklahoma have fallen this year thus far in the football season. And I'm with you about the Chanticleers. Uh, I think it's the year of the Chanticleer. You're doing a lot of good things on the football field this year. That's going to be a very, very interesting football game, to say the least. One other note here in college football, uh, the LSU-Missouri game, I was just notified this morning, has been moved to British Columbia because of the impending hurricane uh, in the Louisiana area. So uh, that has been moved. I don't know how it's going to affect the COVID situation, but nonetheless, mark that down. The game was scheduled for ESPN Saturday night. LSU and Missouri, so check that out to see exactly what happens with the football game. We're tuned in to Mark Lawrence against the spread, the nation's most popular sports handicapping talk show. And with that, we're going to shift over to the National Football League side of things, where COVID football is also laying a big, heavy imprint in the National Football League as well with canceled games. We've got two teams. Uh, we've got four teams that are actually 4-0 to start the season. Two of them are 3-0. And they're 3-0 largely because of the COVID cancellation games. We've also got uh, four teams that have been winless thus far this football season here at 0-4. And what's amazing to me, Victor, is one of those four 0-4 football teams can actually have a chance to win their division. You're talking about the Giants. <laughs> exactly. I mean, <laughs> the, 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 the Philadelphia Eagles, we're going to talk about them a bit in our teardown game with Pittsburgh here. But, you know, they're leading the division at 1-2-1. One, and one, And the Giants, my goodness, they're still in the hunt here. I'll say this, though. Uh, there, there was a, a piece I did for the USA Today Sports Weekly this week, and I kind of overviewed 0-4 teams in the National Football League. And only one of them, since they've gone to – uh, a 16-game schedule. Only one team has ever made the playoffs after opening up 0-4. That was in 1992 when the San Diego Chargers did just that. In fact, they not only made the playoffs, they went on to win a playoff game. So the unlikelihood of Atlanta, Houston, the Giants, and the Jets making the playoffs is really, really strong. But that door has just opened a little bit for the New York Giants here. Don't tell them that they can't do that because the NL least division is really underperforming thus far this football season here. And, Victor, I know, as you mentioned in, uh, before the show and in the total tip sheet, it's been another year for high-scoring football games in the NFL this year as well. It certainly has, Mark. Uh, a middle-of-the-road week in terms of underdogs. They went 7-7-1 seven, seven last week. They now stand at 32-29-2 ATS this year for underdogs. 
it seems like the best spot have been 13-5-1 ATS for dogs this year versus any opponent off a straight-up loss. That includes 12-3 and three on the road. And there are five such dogs this week in that 75% ATS situation. If you follow in-season trends, those five dogs being Carolina, Denver, Jacksonville, Miami, and the New York Giants. But again, like you say, we we got to talk about the high scoring and the steamroll that is the 2020 season. Definitely continues that steamroll being the highest scoring first month of any season all time. Uh, what I found was very interesting in dissecting from the totals tip sheet is the diversity of over-under results when you compare Sunday early kickoff games to Sunday late kickoff games. First of all, last week, nine overs, six unders in the NFL. And we are at, uh, let me see here now. The average game has gone over by plus 4.1 points per game. We're at 51.3 for the season. But here is definitely the mind-blowing over-under stat of the season. The Sunday early kickoff games, and we're talking about the games that kick off at 1 o'clock Eastern time. That would be 10 a.m. Pacific time. Already on the season, 29 overs, 6 unders. And that's on the blind mark. It doesn't matter who's favored, who's the dog. If it's a high over-under line, if it's a low over-under line, if it's a division game, if it's a non-conference game, quite frankly, all Sunday early kickoff games, 29 and 6 over-under on the season. And it is frankly amazing. And then once you get to those late afternoon kickoff games, for some reason, the exact opposite has occurred. The late afternoon kickoff games are the games that start at you know, either 4.05 Eastern or 4.25 Eastern. There's been 14 such games this season, only three overs, 11 unders. So, again, that's your mind-blowing stat for the season. The 1 o'clock games have gone 29-6 and over under. The late kickoff games at 4.05 Eastern have gone 3-11 and over under. And once again, you want to stay away from the primetime games over the total we're now at uh, six and eight over under on the season in the primetime games. But there you have it, another high-scoring week, the highest one-month uh, scoring period in NFL history, and, of course, that unbelievable uh, early kickoff games going over at such a high percentage while the late afternoon and night games going under at a very high percentage. Very, very well-lit scoreboards in the National Football League this season. And our good friend Jeff Kabasiak from Canada also chim- chimed in uh, with a note and the similar same thought, Victor, that uh, not only are those uh, late afternoon games going under, but uh, they're doing so at, uh, at a really solid rate as well. So we have to figure out, is there a rhyme or a reason to the early games going over and the late games going under? Uh, I'm trying to find that that connection there, you know, to to see whether or not it's going to happen. But we do know, uh, after working with our database for such a long, long time, that uh, usually what goes up does come down, uh, and we're likely to see that 29 and six come back to the norm here sooner than later. But uh, uh, let it happen, you know. Don't go out there right now and jump in front of it, but just let it happen. Be patient about that and observe the situation 
for what it is. Another note here, Victor, before we uh, go to our NFL game of the week this week is uh, our good friend, the uh, Texas Tornado reminded us about his weekly NFL embarrassed football team. And boy, oh boy, if there's no other team in the National Football League that qualifies other than the Dallas Cowboys, I don't know who does. Uh, just a really pathetic performance thus far by the Cowboys. Mike McCarthy, obviously under a lot of heat. Uh, Mike Nolan, the, the defensive coordinator, probably even under more heat. I don't know if he'll last the season if this thing continues in Dallas. Uh, you know, but the upside for the Dallas Cowboys is through all this struggle and everything they've done, they're still in the hunt in the NL East, uh, uh, NFC East. It's unbelievable, uh, you know, just because of the poor play so far in the conference. They've got the New York Giants coming to town here this week. And, uh, heck, the winner of this game probably positions themselves as one of the teams to watch in the NFC East. I don't know if uh, this number is really, really low because of Dallas's performance and you know, the Giants really uh, have not performed well at all. They have a pathetic offense. So I wouldn't be surprised if Dallas does nudge out and knock off the New York Giants this week and gets back where they need to belong. But it's really, really difficult laying points with a football team playing as poorly as Dallas. So once again, I'm going to play that insurance card, watch the game, and let these two teams decide exactly what they're going to be moving forward. Hey, guys, don't go away. When Victor and I come back, we're going to tear down our NFL game of the week. We've got the... Pennsylvania Keystone State game between Pittsburgh and Philadelphia. We'll tear that game apart and hop out to Las Vegas to get the Vegas vibe when we're back with more here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. Only the Playbook Experts VIP Experience offers We Pay the Juice, Conflict Game Notices, Tokens Bonuses, SMS Alerts, and Genius Game Alerts. It's the only customer experience of its kind. To find out more about becoming a Playbook Experts VIP, log on today at playbook.com or call toll-free for more information at 1-800-PLAYBOOK. Become a VIP this football season with your Playbook Experts VIP member all new playbooks tokens are here only at playbook.com can you earn rewards and get up to 100 dollars in free playbooks tokens to use as you choose and with your playbooks tokens you can use them for playbook experts picks and selections plus you earn 20 percent in free bonus tokens when you do if you haven't got your 100 dollars in free playbooks tokens do so now simply visit playbook.com and click on the tokens link it's that easy. That's the all-new Playbucks tokens waiting for you at Playbook.com. You're tuned into Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. And now, let's throw it back to Mark. Hey, guys. Welcome back. This is Mark Lawrence along with Victor King. We're going against the spread, and we're going to tear apart our NFL game of the week this Sunday. An in-state rivalry matchup when the Pittsburgh Steelers play host to the Philadelphia Eagles. Victor, how do you see these two Keystone Cop teams playing this Sunday? Battle of Pennsylvania. Pittsburgh somewhere around a seven-point home favorite in the game. The over-under line has already come down two points. It opened at 46, and the last time I looked, it was down to 44 points. Philadelphia 2-2 two and two over-under on the season. The Steelers 2-1. and one. In terms of points for, points against, Philadelphia's at 21 on offense, 26.8 allowed on defense. Pittsburgh, a decent offensive team on the season at 26.7, allowing only 19.3 points per game. The series has gone 0-4 in the last four meetings. That's four straight unders. Again, this is one of those 
non-conference games, so they only play each other once every four years. A series history amongst non-conference teams, not as significant as if it was a uh, like a division game. So I don't think too much in regards to that. But, uh, you know, one thing that we have done since the COVID has hit, Mark, is that in some cases you've got to be prepared to pivot. And that's what I'm doing in this particular game. Based on the point spread and the over-under line, the predicted final score is Pittsburgh 25-and-a-half, Philadelphia 18-and-a-half. So if you like this game over the total, you've got to trust that Philadelphia will be able to get over that team total of 18-and-a-half points. And I'm not. I'm not at all, Mark. Not against a Pittsburgh D that's ranked number two after the first four games. They're only allowing 290 yards per game. Pittsburgh is only allowing only 19.3 points per game. So I cannot trust Philadelphia to score the 20 points or more that we will need for this game to go over the total. Instead, Mark, I'm going to bring in King's best friend to play co-host with me because we do have a selection in this game, and it's actually Tuco's team total of the week, and it's going to be the Pittsburgh Steelers to go over their total of 25.5 points. Now, some regular listeners of the podcast might be thinking to themselves, didn't we just hear about a Pittsburgh over? We did. Three weeks ago, Pittsburgh had a team total of 24.5 in their home game against Houston, and they ended up going over the total. So for the second time in three weeks, Tuco is back on the Pittsburgh Steelers, and that's going to be our play in this game. Pittsburgh over 25.5 points. Uh, they're back at the ketchup bottle for a, after an unscheduled bye week. Uh, we already know from two weeks ago that Pittsburgh averages 29.9 points per game at home when Roethlisberger is at the quarterback. They've already gone over this total of 25.5 points in all three games this season. And in addition from our database, we note that the Steelers average 30.5 points per game at home after a bye week. And they average an even better 31.4 points per game at home versus all NFC opponents since the 2014 season. Now, of course, on the flip side, I mentioned Philadelphia has uh, already allowed 27 points per game on the season. Not only that, but when priced as road dogs of a field goal or more, they allow 29.4 points per game. So there you have it. And here's the clincher, too. Game four or greater undefeated home favorites of less than 10 points. That's the Pittsburgh Steelers. These teams have averaged 33.3 points per game in the last three seasons. There you have it. Thanks to a little assist from our boy Tuco, we're passing on the game over under, Mark, because, again, I cannot trust that Philadelphia will get to the 20 points that we needed. But we are playing an over in this game, and that's going to be the Pittsburgh Steelers over their team total of 25 and a half points. I'll tell you what the key stat in the football game really is out there, guys. It's the fact that Tuco was given his purple toy back. <laughs> <laughs> He's back on the Steelers for the over total in the game, right. <laughs> as is Victor. So make that your play for the over-under total in this football game directly from man's best friend, Tuco, to go Pittsburgh over that uh, total in the football game. You look at this football game, we've talked here uh, 
leading into the game here about how poor the play has been in the NFC East this year. Philadelphia actually leads the division with one win thus far this football season. We're after the quarter pole in the National Football League, and a team leads a division with one win. It's really, really rather pathetic. Uh, Philadelphia did beat San Francisco last week uh, for that one win, but they were out yarded in that football contest 150 yards in the game. That's usually a big, huge red flag when you see teams do just that. For me, it's an automatic fade or play against when teams like that come favored in their next football game. The difference in this contest is Pittsburgh taking seven points, or Philadelphia, I should say, is taking seven points in this football game. Looking at the Coach's database, we found out that Doug Peterson from Philadelphia has been outstanding with the Eagles when he comes in off a straight-up underdog win. He's 9-2 and two to the spread with the Eagles, including 8-0-1 oh, the last nine games he's been in this particular role. On the flip side, talking about head coaches, Pittsburgh's Mike Tomlin has been a very poor non-division favorite throughout his career. And in fact, when the Steelers are coming off a win and cover their previous game in this role, he's just 18 30 and one to the spread, just three and eight when playing with rest. Philadelphia has owned the series. They've cashed five of the last six tickets inside the series. And also you've got Pittsburgh here, who's been really rather uh, poor of late when playing with rest. Now, this is not coming off a bye week. This is obviously with rest, a forced rest situation for Pittsburgh coming off of the COVID cancellation. Uh, which gets me to Philadelphia in this football game. And the main reason it does is we outline this in this week's Playbook Football Newsletter. It applies to two teams this week on the football card. We'll be fading Pittsburgh uh, in the game, and we'll also be fading Tennessee largely because NFL football teams that open up 3-0 in game number four find themselves playing with rest. That rest turns to rust. It breaks momentum for these football teams, these 3-0 teams. They're just 5-8 and eight straight up and 4-9 and nine against the spread. We're going to look for that momentum to break for Pittsburgh in this game. We'll take the points with hungry Philadelphia for our side in this football contest. You're tuned in to Mark Lawrence against the spread, and it's time to hop out to Las Vegas as we get the Vegas vibe from our good friend Andy Isco to find out what's going on in Sin City these days. Andy, how's everything going for you throughout this football season? Things have started off very nicely, Mark. There's a little bit of uh, gloom and doom here today after the Las Vegas Aces were swept in the WNBA Finals by Seattle uh, at the final game last night. But I think the city will uh, recover, get over it, and be ready to cheer on their Raiders this week who are in a very difficult spot playing in Kansas City against a team that was effective but not as explosive as we're accustomed to seeing. But let's credit a lot of that to New England coach Bill Belichick. Well, I'll say this, Andy, those 10 or 12 people that are really affected by that loss by the Las Vegas Aces who follow the WNBA, you just informed me of something I didn't know or didn't realize, that there is a WNBA team in Las Vegas. (laughs) Well, not Uh, only that, it's coached by uh, Bill Lambeer. And by the way, I think it's more than 10 or 12 because they do put lines on up and they are uh, bet not nearly quite as much as the other sports. But, uh, you know, if you can bet on it, you follow it. You know, I'm being facetious here, obviously, but... uh, Uh, At least they made it to the finals and, uh, you know, tip of the hat to the Aces for doing just that. We're visiting with Andy Esco from Las Vegas, the publisher of the Logical Approach football newsletter. You'll want to get your hands in a copy this week, guys, inside the Logical Approach newsletter this week. Uh, Andy reviews what's happened with results in the National Football League for teams at the quarter pole. Every team's at the quarter pole except Pittsburgh and Tennessee because of the aforementioned 
COVID cancellation last week. And then he also details or he explains and tries to explain what he calls the unexplainable uh, when it comes to the, the X factor in football games. So you want to put your hands in a copy this week to find out exactly what Andy's laying out this week in the Logical Approach football newsletter. You can get that at thelogicalapproach.com. So, Andy, how were things in the contest? I know uh, it was also a quarter poll at the Chris as far as their monthlies go. And the Superbook, uh, just wondering how things are fake, fake, faring out there after one month is in the books. Sure, Mark. There are four contests to go over, two at the Westgate, two at the Circa, which is going to be opening its sportsbook at the end of this month. A lot of excitement there. It's going to be not just state-of-the-art, but probably state-of-the-universe. And I'm sure a number of the uh, listeners may have already had sneak previews of it online or on some of the commercials that are uh, starting to air nationwide about the uh, new hotel casino opening up in downtown. But let's start with the Westgate Super Contest Classic. That's the original contest that Oh, started over 30 years ago, attracted only 1,172 entries. That's down about two-thirds due to the COVID-related situation that uh, discouraged, let's say, a lot of uh, travel into Las Vegas in addition to competition from the Circa, which I'll get to shortly. Uh, last week, the consensus, there was a tie for uh, one of the top five positions uh, for most popular selected team. And so there were six selections last week in the consensus. Those selections went two and four. For the year, 9 and 12 overall, that's 21 selections because of that extra selection in the consensus in week four. Uh, interesting, and I'm going to start noting on this as well, the top selection, the absolute top selection of the consensus top five, uh, one and three so far this season. As far as the leaderboard goes, there's one leader at 18 and two. That's a total of 18 points. You get one point for a win, half point for a push, no points for a point spread loss. Uh, so the one leader is at 18 points, get a point and a half lead over one contestant in second at 16 and a half. There are three more, uh, two points out of the lead at 16, followed by one contestant at 15 and a half, two at 15, five at 14 and a half, 15 are at 14 points, and 25 are at 13 and a half. So we're four weeks into the season. And there's already been a nice spreading out of the uh, top, uh, let's say, the top 10 contestants. In fact, uh, looking at these numbers, 11, uh, let's see, 11, looks like 14 contestants, 13 contestants separated by three and a half points at the uh, three and a half points at the top of the contest. Usually it's very much tight, tightly packed, but 18 and two is an extraordinary start to the contest. Not the best record in contest play, and I'll get to that shortly. Super Contest Gold, which is the winner-take-all $5,000 entry fee contest that attracted 72 contestants this year. The consensus this past week was 2-3. and three. However, for the year, it's still with a winning record at 11-9, and nine, and the top-rated selection overall, 2-2 two and two on the season. The one leader in the Super Contest Gold, and you would expect it would be a weaker record than the leader in the overall Super Contest Classic. That's because there are only 72 entries compared to over 1,100. And that leader is at 14-5-1 for 14.5 points. Good enough for a one-point lead over the two contestants tied for second at 13.5, followed by five contestants at 13-7 at 12.5 and six at 12. That's overall 21 contestants at 12 points or better, and a record of 12 and 8 is 60%. So uh, just under a third of the field is at 60% through, three, through uh, four weeks of play. The Circa Million Contest, that's the big contest in town years in, in, in this season. It started last year in 2019 with a little over 1,800 uh, entrants. 3,148 entries this year. 
the contest, a $1,000 entry fee modeled after the super contest. Pick five selections a week. The consensus this past week was three and two. And for the season, the number one uh, play is three and one overall. The consensus of the five top picks, 11 and nine. And I mentioned the outstanding record in the Super Contest Classic of 18 and two. Well, the top record in the Circa Million Contest, 18, one and one. That's 18 and a half points. That was good enough to claim the first quarter prize uh, in the uh, uh, Circa Contest that pays over $150,000. Uh, plus additional prizes for finishing second and third. There was also a first place prize of uh, $75,000, I believe it was. No, I'm sorry, $100,000 in the Super Contest Classic for the uh, contestants who went 18 and 2. Anyway, 18 1 and 1 leading the Circa Million Contest at 18 and a half points. Two are tied at 17 points. So that's a game, a point and a half lead, game and a half lead. Uh, one contestant at 16 and a half and 11 more at 16. And finally, the Circa Survivor Contest which attracted 1,390 entries. There were 675 contestants still alive going into week four. This is a contest where you put up $1,000, you pick one team each week straight up like a typical Survivor, King of the Hill, last man standing contest. You are only allowed to pick the same team once during the season. Uh, of the 675 entries last uh, live last week, 640 uh, were correct in advance, the most popular uh, selection being the Los Angeles Rams, uh, followed by the uh, Baltimore Ravens. 34 contestants were eliminated due to picking a loser. One contestant was eliminated by virtue of not making a selection at all for some reason. So that is the contest wrap-up for week number four as we head into the second quarter of the season. Good update from Andy Isco about the contests that are going on in Las Vegas this year. And as we always do on the show, we also check in with Andy to find out any major moves that might have occurred from the send-out from uh, the Superbook from week number four going into week number five. Anything that would be notable that you care to share on the show this week, Andy? Well, there are several notable ones, and then I'll ask you, uh, Mark, for perhaps what you might want to do, uh, what we might consider is – uh, in addition to, or perhaps in addition to, uh, instead of just reviewing the major line moves, give the opening lines, give the send out lines for week six so that the listeners can have right at their fingertips what the lines are when the lines come out Sunday night, how they've moved. But let me get to the uh, recap of week five. We'll start with the Thursday night game for this uh, coming week, Tampa Bay at Chicago. Uh, there was a significant line move here. Tampa Bay opened a three-point road favorite. When the Lions came out Sunday night, that was after Chicago lost in that low-scoring game to Indianapolis, and Tampa Bay rallied from behind to uh, overtake the Los Angeles Chargers. The overnight, the, the opening line was 5.5. That's a 2.5-point move. It's since moved down to just 4.5 Tampa Bay. That's uh, still slightly above. I won't call it a key number of four. Key numbers are basically three and seven, but a significant number of four, as that's uh, also a very frequently uh, occurring number. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons were a three and a half point favorite when the uh, opening, when the send out line, when the initial bettable lines came out last Tuesday. That was bet up to four before the games were taken off the board Sunday prior to action in uh, week four. Uh, when it came up Sunday night, they put it back up at three and a half, and there's been a significant line move down to Atlanta, just a two point favorite at uh, this point. Uh, so a, a move from the initial line, which was the same as the line that was posted a week ago. Uh, Rams at uh, the Washington football team. The line last Tuesday was nine and a half. It opened at 10 on Sunday evening. Nothing significant other than the Rams actually struggling, yet the line went up half a point. 
It's been bet down to seven and a half with the news that Kyle Allen is expected to start at quarterback for uh, Washington uh, this week. Uh, another line that's uh, worth mentioning since you talked about the uh, uh, Philadelphia-Pittsburgh game, of course, last week that line was Pittsburgh 7. Of course, the Pittsburgh game at uh, Tennessee was postponed uh, to uh, later in the season. Uh, when the line came up this week, the adjustment following San Francisco's win, the line was taken off or the game was not on the board when uh, uh, San Francisco took the field to play Sunday night when it came back up. Pittsburgh was up to an eight and a half point uh, favorite over Philadelphia for some reason uh, after the, uh, after the, I guess, giving credit to the Eagles win at San Francisco Sunday night. Uh, and then the line has since gone back down to where it was last Tuesday at seven. A couple of more worth noting, Indianapolis at Cleveland. Indianapolis was a two and a half point road favorite at Cleveland last Tuesday after Sunday's results were in Cleveland's uh, impressive win against Dallas and Indianapolis uh, impressive win in a different way against uh, uh, Chicago, the line came up at Pitcom. Interestingly enough, uh, despite the fact that Cleveland was impressive in that win over, uh, over Dallas, the line has actually gone, actually went back up to where it was last week, Indianapolis two and a half, since come down, however, to Indianapolis, still a one and a half point favorite. And finally, Minnesota at Seattle. Uh, the line last Tuesday was nine favoring Seattle, bet up to nine and a half when the uh, game was reposted Sunday evening. Seattle opened a seven and a half point favorite, so a two point adjustment from where it had been when it was taken off the board. Nonetheless, it was still bet down another half point to that key number of Seattle minus seven. Review of the lines from what happened at the Superbook, what were sent out uh, two weeks ago, as opposed to what's happening this week. And Andy, let's do that. If you would, uh, if you've got those lines that are posted for next week, our listeners could mark down next week so they can begin to chart the progress and ex- see exactly where these lines are going to head. Sure. The uh, it, very attractive game next week. It could be between a pair of unbeatens in the AFC, Kansas City at Buffalo on Thursday night, Kansas City, a three and a half point road favorite. On Sunday, October 18th, Chicago is at Carolina. Chicago uh, and Carolina. Carolina, a three-point favorite, even money. So if you want the plus three on Chicago right now, you lay 120. If you want the minus three on Carolina, you just put up 100 to win 100. Detroit is a a two-and-a-half-point road favorite at Jacksonville. Minnesota, a a three-and-a-half-point home favorite against Atlanta. Tennessee, a a five-and-a-half-point home favorite to Houston. The New York Giants are a two-and-a-half-point favorite at home to Washington. Pittsburgh is at home favored by five-and-a-half over division rival Cleveland. Baltimore is a seven-point road favorite at Philadelphia in an interesting interconference matchup. The Indianapolis Colts, nine-and-a-half-point home favorites over Cincinnati. The Los Angeles Chargers favored by eight-and-a-half over the visiting New York Jets. The Denver Broncos at home favored by one over Miami. Another game involving an adjusted uh, vigorous on the uh, side. Green Bay is at Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is a three-point home favorite, even money. So if you want the plus three with Green Bay right now, you're laying 120 to win 100. And finally, Monday night, October 19th, Arizona will be at Dallas. And the Dallas Cowboys at home favored by three over the Cardinals. Bye bye weeks next week. I'm just going to mention the bye weeks next week. Raiders, Patriots, Saints, and Seahawks. Two more buys next week. Andy reviews the future lines from the Superbook in Las Vegas. Keep those handy when we discuss those games come next week. And Andy, before I let you go, I know our listeners would love to know exactly what you're looking at for your complimentary play in the NFL on Sunday. 
Well, I'm going to go, Mark, back to a team that's bitten me a couple of times this year, but I think it's a good situation for them, and certainly their coach is on the hot seat, possibly having gotten uh, some sort of a message from Houston parting ways with uh, Bill O'Brien the other night, and that's the Atlanta Falcons and coach uh, Dan Quinn. Uh, they're still winless. Carolina opened the season with a pair of losses, and now they've won a pair in a row. Uh, you know, after blowing the 15 and 16-point fourth quarter leads in back-to-back -back weeks, the Falcons' uh, coach Quinn was hoping to have his team protect a lead Monday night against Green Bay, but the powerful Packers led all the way, so Atlanta was not in the position to test its defense in protecting a lead of, a, of any margin, much less a significant margin. However, they should get that chance here as uh, Atlanta is favoring an opponent uh, against whom it's performed extremely well in recent years. In fact, 8-1 and one straight up and ATS since 2015. They've won uh, and covered five in a row in the series, and they were favored in four of those five wins, so they did what was expected uh, in uh, winning and covering. The Panthers do have a new coach and quarterback, but much of the key personnel uh, on both of these teams are largely the same as in those recent seasons. Uh, you know, but for the collapses, Atlanta could just as easily be the same two and two as the uh, Panthers, but they're not. And Quinn's job continues to hang by a thread. We thought it was saved with Atlanta's performance down the stretch last year, and indeed it was. But I have to believe owner Arthur Blank uh, is expecting a win this week. I don't think they're going to uh, take too much out of the, the loss last week to Green Bay. That was expected. But this is clearly a game against a division rival uh, that they should win. So uh, if Atlanta does not win and I'm going to say cover at minus two and a half. I would not be surprised if we're talking about him as an ex-coach. Andy Isco, Atlanta Falcons, looking at that football game against the Carolina Panthers. And could we see Dan Quinn, the next head coach, joining Bill O'Brien on the unemployment list? We'll find out after Sunday and see exactly how that game shapes out. Andy, once again, a terrific job on the show this week. We appreciate everything you do for us from Las Vegas. I'm going to wish you the very best of luck this week, and we'll look forward to catching up with you next week here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. Thanks, Mark. Uh, the best of luck uh, to you, Victor, and all of the listeners as we attack week five in the second quarter. That was Andy Esco from TheLogicalApproach.com in Las Vegas. And don't go away, guys. When we come back, Victor and I are going to put the final wraps on the show. We'll share with you our awesome angle of the week and our complimentary plays when we're back with more in just a moment here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. If you haven't seen Andy Isco's The Logical Approach Football Newsletter, then you owe it to yourself to download this week's newsletter in time for the football games this week. Check out the new issue every week at TheLogicalApproach.com. See what winning football information is all about at TheLogicalApproach.com. We're going against the spread with Mark Lawrence after this. Attention sports fans, it's time to get in on all the football action at mybookie.ag. This industry-leading website is renowned for having the best odds and more betting options than any other sports book online. Get the odds you want and the fast payouts you need, guaranteed. That's mybookie.a as in Apple and G as in games. Tell them Mark Lawrence sent you. Only the biggest. Only the best. Only at mybookie.ag. Sign up today. To put a final spin on this week's show, let's do what Mark does best, his awesome, awesome angle of the week. All right, guys, let's get to it, our awesome angle of the week. We call it NFL newbies in need. And what we're looking to do is to play on any NFL head coach in game five of the season. If they opened up 0-4, 
to begin the season with their new team, and they're taking on a sub-500 opponent. If this sounds familiar from what we talked about earlier on in the show, it should, because it's the New York Giants and Joe Judge that will be in that role this week when they take on the Dallas Cowboys. Teams in this role since the year 2000 have gone 10-2 and against the spread. These NFL newbies in need, that's an 83% point spread angle, will grab the points of the Giants for our awesome angle play on the show this week. And with that, I'm going to hand it off to Victor King from King Creole Sports to find out what exactly, exactly what Victor's got on tap and for his complimentary play on the show as well. We definitely want to check out the newsletters. Uh, very nice week last week with the Playbook newsletter. Totals tip sheet off the first 4-0 sweep of the season. So you definitely want to check out this week's versions at playbook.com. And, of course, King Creole's Weekend Action, everything is up by Friday night at the playbook.com website. We mentioned the fact that uh, we like uh, Tuco going over the total for the Pittsburgh Steelers, their team total of 25.5 points. That's basically our free play of the week. But I got a couple of interesting database uh, queries that, at the very, very least, are worthy of a discussion. And one of my favorite over situations comes into play this particular weekend. Not only that, but another game in the same situation is in play next week as well. And we may as well mention it. I've talked about it a couple of times on the show. And for some reason in the NFL, a high-scoring game breaks out when one team comes in off a Thursday game and the other team comes in off a Monday game. That is the case this week. Denver Broncos played last Thursday. In uh, New York, they took on the Jets. And, of course, the New England Patriots had their Sunday game against Kansas City rescheduled and played on Monday night. From the database, here are the results. 22-4 and over-under since 1981 for all non-division games in the NFL when one team is off a Thursday game and the other team is off a Monday game. That's 22-4. and That's 85% over the total. Again, like I've said in the past, I can't explain it. Maybe the fact that both teams' uh, practice schedules are so out of whack when one is off a Thursday and the other is off a Monday game that it results in high-scoring games. But anyway, it's gone 22-4. and four. Not only that, but it's gone a perfect 12-0 and 0 when the over-under line falls in the range of 43 to 53 points. As I mentioned, Mark, Denver versus New England qualifies this week. I still haven't bet it. That's because there's no line in the game yet. There's still no over-under line in this particular game, and the reason for that is, heck, we don't know who's playing a quarterback for either team this week. <laughs> is New England bringing back Cam Newton, or are they bringing back a Brian Hoyer, who only threw for 130 yards in that Monday night loss to Kansas City? And what about the Denver Broncos? Is it going to be Brett Rippon, a quarterback? who led them to a victory last week, or is Blake Bortles going to be getting the start for Denver? So we know why there's no line, but if it's somewhere in the low 40s, I would actually consider this game over the total based on those gaudy numbers, 22-4 and four over under, including 12-0 and 0 in that particular over under line range. And since another game qualifies next week, I may as well mention it, Next week, it's the Green Bay Packers against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You know, Tampa plays this Thursday against Chicago. Green Bay last played on a Monday night against the Atlanta Falcons. 
So that game will also qualify next week. That weird over situation when one team comes in off a Thursday game and the other comes in off a Monday game. One more database query I got to throw out there, Mark, is there's a handful of games in the NFL this week that are division games in which one team is a double-digit favorite and the over-under line is extremely high. And in these games, you want to go low. One and ten over-under since 2009. All division games in the NFL, home team favored by greater than nine points, over-under greater than 50 points. It applies to three different games this week. Kansas City laying 13 at home against Las Vegas, over-under is 56. Baltimore laying 13 at home this week against Cincinnati, the over-under is 51. And finally, Dallas laying the nine points at home against the Giants this week, over-under 54. Am I going to be betting the under in all three games? I don't know yet. I certainly will not be betting over in any of those three games. Chances are, if you do bet under, you're going to turn a profit going at least 2-1, and one, maybe even 3-0. and oh. But in any division game in the NFL, when the home team's a double-digit favorite and the overrunner's over 50, we do not want to go over the total. So think about any one of those three games under the total. So there you have it. We mentioned the Thursday versus Monday database scenario. This fact that these division games are low scoring when one team is a double-digit home favorite. And, of course, not only that, we're riding man's best friend to over 25.5 points for the Pittsburgh Steelers this particular week. Mark, I hope you have a great weekend. I'm sure we will as well. Well, best of luck to you, Victor, as well. Great stuff, great stats from Victor from the Totals tip sheet. Guys, get your hands on a copy this week. If you like what you're hearing on the show, you'll love what you read in the Totals tip sheet each and every week. It's available at playbook.com, where you can also get on board with the King Creole service as well. Before I get to my complimentary play, a quick reminder that our friends at mybookie.ag are once again offering a double your first deposit bonus. All you need to do to get double your first deposit bonus to first-time subscribers is log on at mybookie.ag, use the promo code PLAYBOOK, or call toll-free. The number is 1-844-866-BETS. That's 1-844-866-2387 to get your double your first deposit bonus. And a big weekend on tap again this weekend. I've got another $69 football weekend of winners featuring our college football false favorite game of the year. We've gone 13-3-1 documented on this play. It goes this Saturday. You can score with this big play for just $69 along with all of my college and NFL selections when you log on at playbook.com. Or call toll-free for fast, friendly customer service at 1-800-321-7777. My complimentary play on the show this week, I'm going to go inside the Big 12 Conference and grab up the points with Texas Tech against Iowa State, with the Red Raiders playing with quadruple revenge in this football game. Iowa State has done a terrific job under Matt Campbell, no doubt about that. In fact, the last three years, Iowa State has beat TCU three times, Baylor twice, and every team in the conference at least once under Matt Campbell in the conference. They come in off that big win over Oklahoma last week. This game has got Trapper letdown written all over it. Iowa State just 2-6 and six to the number when favored after taking on the Sooners. And also, you take a look here, they're just 3-7 and seven to the number the last 10 times they've laid points in conference games. 
This Texas Tech quarterback, Alan Bowman, is the real deal guy. He was injured most of last year. He's getting healthier this year. He can put up yards and he can put up points. I'm going to take the points with Texas Tech over Iowa State for my complimentary play on Saturday. That's going to put the final wraps in this edition of Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. I want to thank our co-host Victor King from King Creole Sports for another great job on the show. Our good friend Andy Isco joining us from Las Vegas from TheLogicalApproach.com. And for our good friend Jack Reynolds, who we know is listening from above until next week. Once again, this is Mark Lawrence reminding you to always to remember to bet with your head, not over it. And good luck as always.